Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 363, from February 18th, 1997, with guest Soul Coughing. Adam and Drew open this episode in rare form, and Drew has a great moment where he actually plays into a drop of himself and jokingly asks for compassion for the thing he admits to in the drop. It's an early sign of Doctor Who's changing on-air persona. Uh, fun, Doctor Drew. Adam instructs women that they need to start thumping, uh, checking condoms to make sure that they're good, and Dr. Drew actually brings up some of Adam's inventions, the condom loader and the condom garter system, which Adam actually explains in full. It's his new one. They discuss the band's recent tour of Japan, uh, playing dates on the 2nd and 3rd of February 1997, and they mention their upcoming show in Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas to be specific, on February 20th, 1997, which helped us confirm this date. A partial fan recording existed for some time, but it was very short. We now have the show complete in full, and it looks like episode 358, a few episodes ago, was the last fan file we're going to have to use for some time. So far, these have all been official since, and it looks like they're going to be throughout most of 1997, if not all the remaining. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. I'm gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Well, you heard the man. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. The phone number, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number, 310-854-4455. Tonight, our guest is Soul Coughing. Very nice, guys. Uh, Drew is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And we never really do this, but let's turn the tables. Do you have any questions, Drew? Is it okay to be in love to a guy twice my age? My lover likes me a lot, but sometimes I'm scared because he is very active. He gives me oral sex. I just give him hand. Oh, okay. Uh, slow down. Now, how old is this guy, Drew? There's no tape to come back for that. <laughs> uh, we do a lot of deep kissing. What are my chances of getting HIV, STD from my lover? I was also molested when I was small by a family member. Okay. This is uh, this is a revelation, Drew. I had no idea that you, you were you felt up at the hands of uh, one of your own family you, you members. You didn't place a bet on me. I'm shocked. <laughs> That didn't work out. It really did. No. It worked for me. That's all I care about. I uh, do the show for myself, Drew. Yeah, I know you do. All right, uh, Drew. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking at some email, and uh, some of it has been asking for those uh, autograph pictures. And as you know, as we've stated at nauseum, you can only get an autograph picture of Dr. Drew and myself if you send in uh, to the Loveline uh, mailing address, in which case we will gladly send you back a picture. No email. No email. Right. I don't know why, but um, producer Ann, uh, she uh, she threw down the gauntlet at email. So if you're committed, you can write us. And so grab a pad and pencil because Drew is about to deliver that address as only a doctor with no real broadcast experience can do. <laughs> P.O. Box 4345, Hollywood, California, 9, excuse me, 
0078. <laughs> you are a well-oiled machine. I was also molested when I was small by a family member. Remember right. that. Yes. Yeah. Have and some compassion. What about... <laughs> he's buying into his own hype. How about the email, Drew? Yeah. What about that address? Uh... L-U-V-191 at AOL.com. Oh, right. Uh, just looking through some email. I have some here for you, too, Drew. All right, so why don't you peruse like the email? the one that says that, that uh, you're... Wait, wait. Adam, you're a good-looking dude, even though you sound like a dork. Hey, that is a compliment. Drew is the ugly one. There. There, there you go. go. That's why okay. I pulled that one. Yeah, I figured that. All right, Drew, there's some other stuff in here for you, uh, a few medical questions and whatnot. So peruse that, and we'll uh, get started here. Angel. Yes. You're 20. You're on Loveline. Okay. I have been with this guy for about a year and a half. We have a seven-month-old son, and I'm six weeks pregnant again. And I think that is too soon to be having another kid. Yes. And I was thinking about getting an abortion. But I was wondering if that would screw it up for me having kids later on in the future. No. No, really not. Uh, you know how you know, because there's women that have like 10 abortions. Yeah. Well, it, How it, did God know they weren't going to go full term? Multiple abortions can be associated with problems with fertility, but one or two usually is not. I'm really scared. I mean, I do not believe in abortions at all. Yeah. But right. Well, what about birth control? Um, we used a condom, but it broke. Really? Uh. Yeah. You hear that a lot. Is it, and then you get the experts in here to talk about condoms because, after it all, it is still condom week. And they yeah. tell you how effective they are. It's just they're mishandled. Yeah. Yeah. So did you mishandle it? I don't know. He was the one that was doing it. Right. Mm. Let me tell you, you ladies uh, should be inspecting those condoms and the application of those condoms. You should be thumping every uh, condom-laden penis that comes near the vagina. I'm kind of surprised you didn't take the opportunity this condom week, after all, to... Uh, Promote oh, your no, your new. Really your, pay no, no, no. For Adam, he he has the new well, condom I have loading the new, device. I have the new condom, the uh, six shooter. Yeah, and, the loading and device the, uh, and the new technique, the, the training technique, the, the videotapes that go with that. I have also the condom garter. We hear a lot about the condom actually coming off during sex, actually rolling down the penis and getting uh, lodged, God knows where. I have a very simple idea. It. it it really is genius. It really is. And I don't think it would affect the performance of the condom. It is simply the condom garter. It is a uh, piece of elastic, maybe, uh, you know, uh, 12, 14 inches long. It has alligator clips sewn into each end. You wrap it around your fanny and you clip it on each end of the condom. Also, uh, certain options include a uh, uh, beer holster. For the guy who likes to replenish while he's making love, uh, maybe another, uh, you know, maybe a Boda bag attachment for a guy who likes harder liquor or perhaps a place to put a flask. Also, a TV remote mount would go right on that, Drew. Uh, you've talked about this many times. And, 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 and the, <laughs> when and you're the, done with the lovemaking, it doubles as a roach clip. And the, and the video training uh, program you were going to have. But, oh, well, I told him I was pregnant, and then he left me. Oh. Uh. Wait a minute. Is this, this the father of the child? You're, you're, yes. you, excuse me, father of the child, the seven-month-old also? Yes, yes. And he left, he left you and the child because he was mad about this pregnancy? Yes. This yes. guy is an asshole. This guy Thank is an you, asshole. Sir. Yes, and yeah. where, it, it is uh, life-imitating art here. Well, he's what, what do you mean he left you? Where did he go? Huh? Where did he go? Um, I have no idea. Were you living with him? Yes. Were you engaged? No. Just a boyfriend? 
And he, due to his mishandling of the condom, you got pregnant, and he just... Uh, I'm guessing there was more to this. I'm guessing so. he was looking for a reason to split, if nothing else. Probably. On me so many times. All right, uh, listen. Uh, it's way too early in the show to gamble on your past, but uh, I would go with a horrible childhood. Am I right? Yes. Okay. All right. Listen very carefully. You will not get this from other shows. Oh, you can turn on the TV and watch the goddamn Sally Jesse Raphael, or you can watch the Lisa show, or you can watch all these other mindless piles of garbage that are there, just basically to it. It, they're just wasting an hour of your life. By the way, our sound guy was telling us that the staff at the Lisa show thought that was just a packed, action-packed show. Oh, yes. Packed full of information. <laughs> Riveting. Yes. Uh, Drew being uh, shouted down by uh, Eartha Kitt's uh, chunky sister. All right. Here's what's going on. You will hear the truth on this show. You got a real uh, bad hand dealt to you growing up. There's no doubt about it. Anyone who calls themselves Angel was uh, a lot of, just had a bad hand dealt to them. Is that your real name? Yes. Oh, now you're really in trouble. I'm going to name my kid Satan so I know he has a good life. Sue. All right. All right, Johnny. Here's the situation. You can get past this. You're 20. You have a, you have a sound mind. Your loins work fine. You have a beautiful, uh, bouncing young seven-month-old. I would think about getting an abortion or giving this kid up for adoption. Yeah, but if I carry him through, I know I'll want to keep him. All right, then go for the abortion. Yeah. Which, which, which is an awfully selfish thing. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to seem pejorative towards Angel. I mean, of course, this is your option. Of course, we'd be asking a huge, a tremendous amount of you to, to go through nine months and also deal with the loss of the child. But you'd be doing it on behalf of the child. There's not a person walking the earth named Angel that knows what the word pejorative means, Drew. Okay. I've just figured that right, one out. Thank you. Angel? Yes. <clears throat> concentrate on your seven-month-old. Concentrate on your own sanity. Do not hook up with any more of these abusers. Yeah. <laughs> Time out for Angel. No sex, no nothing. Focus on your career. Focus on your education. Focus on the child. You're 20. Everyone's a big F up at 20. Yeah. Don't worry about it. The idea of your late 20s... Please, everyone listen to this. The idea of being in your teens and your 20s is not to F up so big that you don't get into your 30s. Right. Or you're in your 30s, but you got a rap sheet and, and 17 kids. Right. Here's the deal. Don't get drunk and get in a motorcycle accident. Don't have 10 kids. And uh, don't get uh, raped and sodomized by some uh, a-hole guy you were dating. Yeah. If you can do that and get past 25 into 27 or what have you, right. then you're fine. You're clear. All right, so just take it easy. Time out, Angel. And forget about this guy. He showed his true colors. Rococulous. And 21, you're on Love Live. I've just begun construction on that moat, too. Hi. Drew, uh, Drew by the way, is building a moat around his house at my suggestion. <laughs> With he's, electrified wire. He's got the triplets. Um, my question is, is it possible? I mean, I know you can, be, you can be sexually oriented one way or the other, but how about being just plain non-sexually oriented? Explain. Um, well, I can be aroused, and I can have an orgasm, but frankly, I'd rather be reading a book. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like I'm missing something. I mean, everybody talks about how great sex is, and I've, I mean, I've tried men, women, um, mm. committed re relationships with someone I love, um, toys. Do you masturbate? Yeah. How often? Every month, couple months, somewhere in there. Is every there couple months. Uh, by the way, if I masturbated every couple of months and someone asked me if I masturbated, guess what my answer is going to be? No. No, never. In fact, every couple of days. Uh, if, if I got down to like uh, six times a week, I'd still deny it. All right. Um, As it is, I lie, you know, 12 times a week. What's your theory about yourself, Ann? 
my theory about I just, I don't really know. I mean, I just feel like I'm sort of bored with this whole you, idea. You've certainly done an awful lot of sort of experimenting for somebody that's completely not into it. Drew, you got theories. I know I, I you got do. A theory? Yes, you do. Well, let, let me. I, I've got a couple here. What, so I'm trying to get some more information about Anne. What, what, what is? What? Tell me about Anne. I mean, what is it? What is it you were trying to do, or what? What was that all about? Well, um, I just sort of between having like I was I was in a relationship with someone. I, I totally I totally loved them, and I thought you know yes this is this is something that that is is a good thing to do. This is something that I want to do, and and I did you know. I live with this person. I had um, had sex with them regularly, and all this sort of thing. But it's really sort of boring. <laughs> all right. Well, here's my take on this whole thing, Anne. Since uh, Drew is always talking about how, for a woman, it's a more of an emotional experience, uh, sex that is, than a physical experience. And it's that's not to say it's not a physical experience. Believe me, you know when you're getting humped, unless I'm humping you. But it is an emotional thing. So you're detached somehow. You're blocking off your feelings. You're not letting yourself get close to somebody, getting in, involved in a relationship. You're not opening up. You're not letting yourself go. Oh, Drew, if that damn pager doesn't go off uh, eight minutes into the show, it's not a show. How'd you like to be me? I'd hate to be you. Yeah, thank you. Don't make me get into all the reasons why. But that thing doesn't have vibrate? No. Can you get another pager, Drew? Uh, I can try. Why don't Good you idea. look into Good that, idea. please? And tell whoever is calling you, by the way, that you do a damn radio show, 10 to midnight. Uh, You've done it for 14 years. I'll call the ICU and tell them they shouldn't bother me. Please. Don't they know what you do? It's not possible, Adam. What do you mean it's not possible? Tell them to page you uh, during a commercial. Things don't happen. Don't they know you have a gig? You don't think there's places I could be? People that uh, want to talk to me? One of the questions I have about Anne is... uh, it sounds like you've done an awful lot of sexual experimentation. Is that true? Um, yeah, sort of. And wh- that, th- why was that so accessible for you? Why, why was it so wh- accessible? Wh- in other words, wh- unless, you were, unless you were very aggressive, wh- why, we, why did that happen? You see what I'm saying? No. Uh, unless no, you... Yeah. I mean, it's... it's if, I've, always, I've always lived in, in places where there were people around. I mean, and... and but if you really weren't interested in sex, is there something that was attracting people to you? I suppose. I mean, I guess I'm I'm sort of cursed. I'm like five eight and blonde and and rather fit. Really, Drew? Why are you doing a touchdown dance back there? Did you see what I wrote down here when I poured it? Yeah, you wrote um, Adam Curl is a jerk. <laughs> no, what'd yeah. you write? I said she may be very very attractive, and ah. and she and this and this is something that she can't act out in the way she wants to. Right. Yeah. I, I sympathize saying? completely, Anne. I have uh, uh, matinee idol good looks, and it's always gotten in the way of my relationship. But, but the point is, you, you, what, what, you, something about the way, there's something about your fantasy of how your relationships are supposed to go, or the way you need to act it out to feel erotic that just isn't happening because of the way people are coming to you. Mm-hmm. Something about that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know. Can't people just be frigid or horny anymore, Drew? But Whatever happened to horny Adam, and frigid? You're, you're basically right. That she is not connecting in a way that is genuine for her. All right. And it's because she is allowing, rather than finding out what it is she wants and being able to go for that, she's sort of having people come after her and kind of going along with it as though it's something that she's supposed to do or should be fun for her, and it isn't. All right. So get connected. Yeah. I'm moving on. Gwen, 16. Hi, Adam. Hey. Hey. Hey, 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 so coughing is uh, here, and they'll be in here in about five or six minutes. Oh, 
well, I like them, so hello, if they can hear me. No. Sorry. They're doing drugs in the parking lot. Oh, that's not good. No, they'll be here. Don't worry. Okay, before I start, I want to say hi to all my friends in Paris. They can hear me, hopefully. Where? In Paris, California, man. Oh, okay. It's a small place, but... Gwen, what's up? They have an Eiffel Tower there, but it's made out of steer maneuver. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little twist. Yeah. But, um, Twisted. I, um, I caught mono. Uh, I don't know when I caught it, but I noticed a couple of lumps on my throat. So I went to go get it checked out. My doctor told me it was mono. But the problem was I know who I got it from. How do you know who you got it from? Because this guy was pretty much the last guy I kissed, and I have not shared any kind of... That does not have... that Unless he had mono, which would be obvious, he he, he'd be he very knows. sick. He knows it. He, he's, uh, oh, he does not look like he would be healthy. All I mean, right. Why are you kissing... Mono, mono is fever of 102, unable yeah. to get out of bed, sore throat till you can't swallow. Listen, and, and guys can always rally around some potential sex, oh, and I think yeah. that's what this guy did. But, Gwen, why are you uh, digging up corpses and making out with them? No. Don't don't kiss I'm the sickly. No soul kissing of the sickly. That is a policy. It's right over my toilet. I'm in boring North Carolina. I have nothing better to do. That's why. All right. No. But what happened was, I want to figure out how to, you know, tell him, hey, I got mono too. You know, tomorrow. From him. Yeah. Well, doesn't Hallmark have something with like a, uh, you know, surprise, infected bunny mono. on it or something that says, uh, hey, we both got mono? Nope. Uh, really, Hallmark should really. I, I have a whole line of greeting cards. Why is that important? Sorry, to you? you got crabs. <laughs> Do you think he intended for you to get sick? To be honest, he was kissing pretty hard, and he was like, "Man, I got mono, but I don't care." Ah, well, he that's, said how, that that's to you? how you know you got mono. All from right, him. goofy. Now I know I got mono. Yes. He, All right. I told him today, and he's like, oh, "Man, I ain't got no goddamn mono," and also the crab. I was like, "Yeah, you do." All right. You know, you've even told it to me. All right, listen, Gwen, I'm hanging up on you. Call him and tell him that he has mono. But part of the deal is you want to maintain some kind of relationship with this guy. No, I don't. Oh, you don't? Well, then, then don't. No. Then, all right. Forget about retribution. You screwed up. You made out the guy with mono. You got mono. You'll get over it. Uh, you're not interested in him and any kind of uh, long-term prospects. Hey, Chalk it up and move on. Listen this. Listen this. You going to fart? Hold up. Before what? you hang up on me, listen what? this. What? He's going around telling everybody that he got mono from me when everybody knows. He's got one. I mean, this uh, is... Ah, uh, wait a minute. Everyone knows? Does everyone know he had it? Dude, people who I don't even know are coming up to me. But Gwen, did, yeah. you just said everyone knows he was the one who had it first. Yeah, but he... All right. Then that's it. End of discussion. Who cares who you tell when everyone knows? That's right. It's all done for they you. They all knew. That's it. Crystal. Hi. This isn't the teen gossip hour either, by the way. Everyone knows he did this. You know, I, I, hate, crap. I really hate that feeling when we get a call and I think to myself, why did you call us? Yes. Why are you calling? Well, I'm sorry you got mono, yeah, but very... you're making out with a guy who you know had one foot in the grave. This guy had mono. Crystal. And he said he had mono while he was making out with him. He went, oh, oh, oh. Crystal? Hello. You're 17. Hi. Yes, oh. I have a problem. Oh. Um... Two years ago, my brother left to go into the Navy, and um, we were, like, best friends. And um, ever since he, like, left, um, actually, he died six months ago in a typhoon um, a typhoon? In Japan. Really? Um, what happened? Was he at sea? Um, well, he was walking along the shore, and, a wave, like, the waves took him out into sea. So he died six months ago last Saturday. Oh, that's um, horrible. Oh. Yeah, and we like wrote every day and emailed each other. Oh. And, um, 
but ever since he like left for boot camp I've like been from group to group of friends because it's like I let him get close to me but then I either like lie to them or do something to deliberately hurt them yeah of course so they'll just like Does, the, the, do, you, do you understand why that is no I don't know I don't understand why look what happened how do you feel now no, true. no, no, I'm serious. How true. do you feel now? On, the show's only two hours. I don't... You don't feel good, all right? No, and <laughs> I mean, like, this last group of friends, they're like, oh, oh, Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. All right, here's what Drew's saying. You you had a very strong bond with somebody, and they were literally swept away. And look and look how you feel. And now you feel horrible. So. And so you're reluctant to reform a bond. For fear. You, yeah, that's they may gonna... be swept away again. Do you understand that? Yeah. It's a very natural reaction. Yeah, absolutely. But but I I I can it, there's no way you could experience a loss like that with somebody you're so close with and not get depressed especially at your age. So I, I Crystal, you really ought to look and get some help because depression is so treatable at your age and it can be so devastating. Your school can go to hell, your relationships go to hell, you start acting out in ways that are self-destructive. Please get some help. Right. Yeah, she and, sounds and like a real together girl. She does. And well, she loved her brother, so she can't be too bad. Yeah. Believe my sister would not be calling up if I got swept out to see in a typhoon. And here's the situation. You want to have good relationships down the road, uh, either uh, with males or females. And you want to have good bonds again, because that's what life is. It's bonds. It's like, the look at me and Drew. Look at this bond we have. We're quite the example. <laughs> All right, so uh, take care of it. Nah, let's you, you, what? Right, go ahead. What? Go ahead. Let's squeeze Rick? that call. Yeah. Hi. How's it going? Good. What happened, Rick? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, one day I just, like, had this really big hard-on, and I was playing with my uh, private real uh, I was kind of bending it and stuff. No better time to experiment with your penis than when you have the big hard-on. But but that's not nothing, though. But, see, it's not? I broke one side of it. You know, the, the it, I think it has two cartilage pieces in it. Right. I broke one. It swelled up really super big. Right. And, now, what were you doing? Just bending it around? Yeah, I was just playing with it and different stuff. You're doing the old uh, uh, three on the tree? <laughs> I mean, doing the shifting with it when you try to cram it into reverse, something snapped? You know it with my 350. But anyways, um, and I'm having trouble getting it up now, and I don't understand why. You didn't see a doctor when this happened? No, I didn't. I was too embarrassed. Oh, wreck. All right, so what happens? Well, he, he probably tore one of the cavernous, the, the, these little oh. corpus cavernosum, it's called, this thing that swells up with blood and, and traps the blood and lets the, allows the penis to get hard. And of All course, right, what, that thing isn't working right. How long has it been since you've had uh, one of these erections? Um, it's been a while. I've been, ha I've been uh, for a couple of weeks now, I've been having problems with it. Yeah. All right, a couple of weeks. You, All right. You, you could be okay, but this it might... Uh. Run. Yeah, go to a urologist. That's the kind of doctor you want to see, and you want urologist. to get urologist. You want to go right away. Um, the other day I was listening to your station, too, Yeah. and uh, one of you said you need, like, a, a fautois, you know, like how, how that guy in Batman had riddle me this, riddle me that. A fautois? What's a yeah. fautois? Well, he's a hesher who's uh, fluent in French. <laughs> what is a fautois? I, I don't know. I, that's just the only word that came up to mind. You, you know how you have, like, a saying, you know, like the guy that like I was talking about on Batman, he said, "Real me this, real me that." The Riddler. Yes. Well, I was thinking that you could be the the broke dick guy, just like I am. You are. <laughs> what the hell is he saying? Hey, Rick. While you're at the uh, urologist, yeah. 
Do they have uh, CAT scans uh, at the urologist? No, but certainly the urologist could order one for him. Yeah. And then give him the name of a good psychiatrist. That's right. Yeah, get a full workup. Yeah. It's one of these things. As long as you're there taking care of the, the penis, uh, you, you might as well uh, make sure everything is functioning correctly, including that big organ in the sky. Uh, Drew is going to look up uh, Fautois, and uh, we'll be back with soul coughing after this. Here's Loveline before deworming. The penis is very dysfunctional. Getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. Blinds galore. They got a memorial sale. It's uh, coming up, the Memorial Day sale. Everything up to 50% off, everything you need. Uh, free samples, by the way. They'll ship them out, so they'll, you'll be ready to shop. It starts Thursday, May 22nd, and we use these guys. You guys should use these guys, especially when it's a kajillion degrees outside like it is now. You take the blinds, you shut them. The room's like 25 degrees cooler because the sun is not – not only is it not coming in and – turning the place into a convection oven. It's not beating the crap out of the upholstery and the carpet and bleaching out. Dog. Nothing worse, by the way. Upholstery and people that get sunblasted. It's a horrible, horrible look. You go to Blinds Galore. They really are Blinds Galore. They'll take care of everything you need. And uh, you go to BlindsGalore.com. You make sure you let them know I sent you. That's BlindsGalore.com. Hey, I'm Jake. And I'm Amir. And we're from that appropriately named web series, Jake and Amir. We're also the voices of If I Were You, the only advice podcast on the internet, hosted by us. That's right. Every week we offer our personal insight to real problems submitted to us by real people, and sometimes even our comedy friends join, like Ben Schwartz, Thomas Middleditch, and Allison Williams. The important thing is, the advice is often pretty bad. But hopefully always funny. So, go to podcastone.com and hit that download button to hear our terrible, but hopefully funny advice. Thanks, guys. I guess we've started. Uh, Dodie and Yuval are here from uh, Soul Coughing. Uh, I'm Adam Carolla. That is uh, Dr. Drew, the board-certified one. I'll tell you what we'll do, uh, fellas, since uh, we usually play the song in the uh, first uh, break, and we didn't get to that because right. I guess you guys got a little bit lost. You just snubbed us yeah. or uh, whatever the hell, hookers blow. I'm not sure why you're late, but the point is is uh, we'll go ahead and play uh, Super Bon Bon now, and then we'll come back and... Uh, Make cool. idle chit chat about the band until twelve o'clock, and I'll go home. Cool. I'm cool. ready to talk about nipples, man. Good I'm man. Ready to rap about. All the right, Yuval, uh, you want to take uh, the testes this hour, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. later yeah. you can go to the nipples. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. All right. Specify left or right. We'll work that out during the uh, during the song and uh, off of Irresistible Bliss from Soul Coughing. Here's Super Bon Bon. Off of uh, Irresistible Bliss from Soul Coughing. Dodie and Yuval are here from the group. 
Hello, sir. Pleasure. Hello. Uh, you've all we have not met, but Dodie, uh, we know each other intimately. Indeed, indeed. And uh, it's good to see you again. Uh, and you as well, sir. Let's talk about this Japan. It just popped into my head. <laughs> you guys were uh, you guys were in uh, Osaka and uh, in Tokyo. In Tokyo, as a matter of fact. How was that experience? It was the bomb. It was amazing. It's just the loudest place imaginable. I mean, just every. I mean, anything that they can put a TV on. You know, they've got a TV on it already, you know, and loudspeakers blaring everywhere. And the video game parlors are just amazing. And these they have these sticker machines where these teenage girls go up and they get these, like, little stickers made of themselves for 300 yen. And there's just, like, mobs and mobs of, of like, teenage girls at these sticker machines. And it, it's sort of like uh, when they make these uh, movies like Blade Runner. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like so the apo- Blade apocalyptic future oh my God, of this yeah. country yeah, is yeah. a city in Japan. Yeah, totally. It's, it's much, much deeper than, actually, it's much more Blade Runner than the movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't have that kind of budget. But <laughs> is, now, you know, it's a, I was just thinking, so it's like technology left and right. Uh-huh. I mean, big screens everywhere. Everything's going insane. Mm-hmm. Littlest people in the world making the biggest screens. You ever think about that, Drew? <laughs> right in the middle of this whole thing going down the streets of rickshaw. Now, I think no, that's that's China actually. That's China. They don't have no any rickshaws. rickshaws in Japan. No, sir, no rickshaws. But you True, do, are you tell me there's no rickshaws in Japan. We're telling you. Oh, they. Uh, I'm going to open a rickshaw. But they, they have <laughs> beer vending machines for you, Adam. Though you'd love that. Oh, they have beer vending. Yeah, machines? beer vending. Yeah. And they and they've got these machines that vend this stuff called Coffee Boss, which doesn't seem to actually be coffee, but. Uh, man, I was all about Coffee Boss. <laughs> just, just very down. Coffee Boss, Coffee Boss, Coffee Boss. Yeah. Is this a, more caffeine than uh, a liter of Mountain Dew? Yeah, in a, exactly. In a 12 ounce can. Oh, uh, my God. Can. All right, so uh, you guys were there, and uh, they love the, uh, this. I mean, you guys do. Well, how would you describe your music? Is it? Is um, it... It's sort of, uh, I guess it kind of comes from hip-hop, but uh, it's, 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 like, it's sort of like Tom Waits' hip-hop band, I guess it would be no, if my If you really have to describe it, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Right. I know maybe. bands have oh, this whole go. big yes. thing about describing. And you know what, by the way? I'm we're gonna... not like any other band in the whole world. That's right. Right, right. Yeah, this is <laughs> great. it's great when I go. So you guys are sort of a mixture between uh, Zeppelin and uh, Genesis yeah, actually, and uh, yeah. Pearl Jam That's right. and uh, the Beatles. And they go, no, we <laughs> haven't taken any influence off of any of those bands. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going to start copping that same tune, by the way. People go, Love Line, what's that about? And I go, man, you got you to experience it. <laughs> it's not like the Home Shopping Network. It's really, it's really not like anything you've ever seen. All right, so you're back here uh, stateside. You're originally uh, from New York. Yes, sir. And uh, going to uh, Lawrence, Kansas. We're, we're on our way to Lawrence, Kansas. Which really is the uh, Osaka of uh, yeah, we're just, of North we're, just doing the, we're doing the capitals of glamour. Tokyo, Los Angeles, right. Lawrence, right. St. Louis kinda, after that. It's kind of funny that you go from one place where you're basically out on the street watching uh, big screen TVs. Right. And uh, when you go to uh, Lawrence, Kansas, it's like you have to go to a barber shop if you want to see a TV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the whole but, town is gathered. Oprah's on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't want to make fun of the people because Why? We're, we're laughing. We're yes. We're laughing. Yeah, okay. sure. You're laughing, but right. we'll get the letters. Terry, 23, you're on the love line with Soul Coughing. How are you doing, sir? Good. Good. You know, it's kind of funny. I was in Japan just uh, last year myself. I was in Okinawa. Were you now? Yes, I was. Enlisted man? Yes. Well, not anymore. Not right. Anymore. Right. You spent your entire uh, leave there staring at the ceiling of a brothel? Uh, basically. And no, no, no. shagging ping pong balls that made it off the stage? <laughs> no, I was a PT freak at the time. Uh-huh. I just spent all of it in the gym. 
working off my own frustration. What the hell is PT? Physical therapy? Uh, physical training. Oh. See, to, to me, when you start something with the initial P, the puh sound comes into mind. Never the f sound. <laughs> Don't give me that Gomer laugh. All right, Terry, so uh, you're working out. Yeah, that, that's what I did there. All right. Quite a bit. All right. Keep myself busy. All right. All right now send us a picture and ask us your question. Okay. Uh, I was wondering, maybe you guys could hook me up with somebody in the gothic scene. I've been, you know, straight country boy my whole life and just want to see what gothic's all about. Yeah. Well, uh, Glenn Danzig happens to be here. Let me get him. Okay. All right. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> um, I see. I don't, I don't know about this sort of newfangled gothic thing. But apparently now it's all about, like, drinking blood and all that kind of crap. I don't want to get into that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, go buy some Cure records, man. It's easy. Thirteen well, ninety eight. I've got a few Cure records, but, you know, I just want to hang out with the people, and I don't know anybody. Why don't you go to some gothic concerts? Uh, you know, you'll see a lot of girls wearing leather chaps with holes in their butt. No, that's a, that's a di very different scene, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and those aren't girls. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, okay. So be careful. Oh. Uh, let me tell you this. Uh, didn't Gothic used to be like uh, Jethro Tull in those types of God, groups? God, no, I don't believe that so. That wasn't no. Gothic? No. Well, Goth what about those old bands in the 70s that were singing about uh, imps and uh, fairies and no, uh, that was like a medieval stuff? Vibe. No, no. The gothic, Gothic's like your sort of uh, black-wearing sort yeah, of mid-80s Bauhaus. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that, that kind of uh, All right. 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 I don't know. Where are you at, man? I'm in Orange County. And I don't really know of any places around. All right. Here. Well, just go down to the record store. Go to like go to like a, a piercing joint. They want uh, flyers in the window or something. <laughs> right? I'm serious. Yeah. Seriously. Serious? All right. Listen, we're not some Why sort of uh, Why are you calling? Some Back sort of to music that. directory yes. Why here. Are you calling? Why are Hold you on. Calling? We have an 800 number. You can call and find the closest. I got this. Band. I got this girl that would like you, Terry. I got the phone number. I'll give it to you when we get off the air. Oh, people are. Oh wait a minute. We can't go to a call. Well, why don't you just sell this one? Why don't you let her sell herself? She's on. She's on the air. Dana, what can we do for you? Oh, I just want to say hi to Phil Coughing. Hi. Hi, Dana. Um, you guys are great, and I wanted to know when you guys are coming to Sacramento, if you are, because I checked on the Internet, and you're all down south in California. I don't know. We've, ne we've actually never been to Sacramento. Well, you should come. We I know, I know. What's up with that? I don't understand. It's it great. It's... they got a river, a state building. It's it's. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. they got vending machines there. It's awesome. <laughs> Good Lord. We're, we'll be there in minutes. We're getting in the car okay. right now. All right. Promise? Promise. Okay. All right, Dana? Yeah. I'm getting rid of you. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me just try selling one more thing before we go to break. Drew, why don't you go ahead and sell one? Your idea didn't work. Ah. Uh, <laughs> here is Chris, who's concerned because his penis is smaller than both his brothers, and his physician has commented about it. And if anyone ever questions the integrity of Dr. Drew, whether he is an actual medical physician or not, that cell tells it all. <laughs> Fastest drummer for Loveline. Hi, when I'm not drumming, up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline will be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. Well, we live in a time of new technologies, and with every technology comes new needs to protect yourself. I mean, when we had developed the automobile, insurance came along with it, the need to replace tires. Well, now we have the Internet, and we do everything electronically, which is precisely why I have LifeLock Ultimate Identity Theft Protection. We live in a world where everything 
bank records, all connected, sometimes even stored in a cloud. But make no mistake about it. Identity thieves are smart and they are professionals and they know what they're up to. Not even the police can stop these guys. Sooner or later, some restaurant computer could be hacked and your personal information, account numbers, even your password, even your social security number could be there. The genius of LifeLock Ultimate is that if some crook tries to use the info on the LifeLock network, LifeLock is on it. Relentlessly protecting your name. Look, you don't need to change your life. You just need to protect yourself with LifeLock Ultimate. Visit LifeLock.com. Enter the promo code ADAM, A-D-A-M, to save 10% on your LifeLock Ultimate membership. That's promo code ADAM at LifeLock.com to get the special 10% discount. Dr. Drew is right. We're here with Dodie and Yuval from Soul Coughing. Uh, Yuval, hey, hey, hey. what is, uh, does Yuval mean anything? Actually, it does. It means uh, a stream of water. It does? Yeah. And uh, that's in Hebrew. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, it's, it's from the Bible, too. Is that good? It's very good. It's the uh, first musician in the Bible who was playing organ and violin. <coughs> they didn't have an organ back then. Yeah, what did they know? But they called it an organ. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had some guy tell me the other day, I was buying some shoes, and he said, Adam, that means uh, man of the red earth. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm, I'm not buying the shoes. It's human being in Hebrew, isn't it? It's like human being. Adam means human being. Human. Mm -hmm. It means human being. Human being. Right. Human, human bean. No duh is my answer to that. Come on, pal. I'm going, for, right. I'm going for the wallet, please. Let's not interrupt that. All right. So, uh, you know, that's what we need out here. We don't uh, Names don't mean anything. Out here it says, hey, the guy's name's Brad. <laughs> What's that mean? Well, it's, it's a thing you attach papers together with. <laughs> his dad's name was Brad, so uh, his name's Brad. I don't know. Do they do that in uh, in Israel? You've all the names. Oh. Everyone named themselves after their uh, the parents named themselves. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, parents <laughs> named themselves in Israel. Yeah, that's right. No, but I mean, Actually, they name your kids. Is, is anyone named Yuval in in the family? Uh, no, I'm the only one. But what people do a lot in Israel is naming names from the Bible. So it'll be like a lot of, uh, you know, Eli, which is Eli, or you know Moses and stuff like that. Right. So I just happen to have a good name because it's not that common. You have any friends named Ham? <laughs> a, I knew you were going to say that. That is your favorite. That is name the, from the stupidest Bible, Bible yeah. name I've ever heard. Yeah, Plus, no. you're not supposed to eat pork, are you? If you're Jewish, so why? Yeah, bacon, bacon, Cohen. <laughs> the bomb Bible name: Aminadab. Oh really? If I ever have a son, Aminadab. Actually, Aminadab Dodi would be the bomb. I'm going to be Aminadab. I mean, I'm going uh, Zebediah myself. <laughs> yeah, you're the man. Oh, no, Hezekiah would be good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Chris, 16. Yeah. Yes, uh, you're on uh, Bible chat with uh, Saul Coffin, <laughs> Dr. Drew, and Adam Carolla. Old Testament or New Testament? <laughs> Chris? Yeah. What's your biblical question? Okay, I was, I was wondering, uh, oh, I have a smaller penis than both of my brothers, and uh, I was kind of wondering... Uh, why, why, why it would happen to me and, and neither of them. How old are your brothers? I'm he. How old? oldest brother is uh, 27, and the other one is uh, 21. Mm-hmm. And how do you know? I mean, I know you know, but how do you know? <laughs> but how do you know what they were like when they were 16? I talked to them, and they, they said they didn't, they never had any problem with that. Well, what it's... kind of problem do you have? Well, I just have a really small penis. Have you reached puberty yet? Do you have hair? Yes, I do. Sexual, sexual hair in your, under your yeah. armpit and that sort of thing? Yes, I do. How, how small? Um, I'd say three inches. 
Mm-hmm. And that's erect? Yes. And uh, flaccid? Two. Flaccid, you have to smack yourself on the ass to get it to come out? No. But it, it's like asking why you had you got brown eyes and your brothers didn't or something. I mean, right, just you're the way cursed. The, no, Don't question the, it. It's the way the genes come together. However, you should recognize it. There's another five years of growth to go for you, Chris. So. Okay. Right. So I you're. Had a, I had another part to this question. Um, yeah. If if I did have a penis enlargement, uh, are, are there any lasting effects that come with that? Or I would not be thinking that way at your age at all. He wouldn't. Any any by the time you're of age, we're. To, even something that somebody might be willing to discuss with you, I'm not sure it's a viable option for most people. Why not, Drew? Why has, uh, how come technology has not caught up with the penis? Well, maybe it will. God. I mean, this stuff was all the rage a year and a half ago, but you don't hear so much about it anymore. Because it doesn't work that well. All right, but when are you guys going to get off your butts, drop this whole cancer nonsense, and start working on the penis? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you made my point for me. Chris, yeah. you'll be fine. Okay. You, you'll learn to compensate. You know what I'm saying? All right. Women don't even like the penis. <laughs> they, they really don't. Not as much as they say they do. A woman would rather have a, a, a man who is very uh, schooled in oral pleasure than a man with a big penis that didn't know how to control it. Okay. You understand, Chris? All right. How's the tongue? Uh, it's, it's a little short, too. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, you'll make up for it like a uh, short white point guard in the NBA. <laughs> you just have to hustle a little more. That's all. All right? All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, we've broken him. Line eight. Eric. How you doing? Hey, you're 20. You're on Loveline. I have two questions for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Okay. First, my doctor says I have, uh, my liver enzyme count is high. Yeah. And I don't have hepatitis. Yeah. Um, he won't tell me what the causes are. Do you know what the problem could be? He won't review you with you what the potential causes are? No. Let me tell you how doctors work, Eric. They'll tell you they don't know what the causes are. You reach out, you pull a 20, you, you tuck it into the lab coat, and all of a sudden their memory starts clearing up. Always works for me, man. All right. Why I'm, wouldn't he tell him, Duro? That's peculiar. I don't know. I mean, the causes, the potential causes are I mean, it's tremendous. It's, it's a big list of potential causes. Obviously, hepatitis is the thing you want to rule out first and foremost, viral hepatitis. You were checked for A, B, and C? Uh, yeah. And there are still other forms of viral hepatitis that are more difficult to sort of nail down. Uh, there are non-anabi hepatitis that we can't test for. There's CMV and EBV and other sorts of viral Why hepatitis. did you get the enzyme culture in the first place? I just, just check up. Routine test. Really? Do you, do you use much alcohol? No. Wait, who gets their enzymes it, and their liver checked? Just routine chemistry. What do you mean routine chemistry? Routine Have chemistry. you ever had your enzyme and your liver checked? Yes, yes. No. Every Liar. Time. When? Yes. Show me, a, show me a lab report. When I, got, I bought life insurance a year ago, they did autom autom it's routine on a chemical panel. That's part of the chemical panel. Dodie. Like blood test? Whenever somebody draws those red top tubes, liver enzymes are going to be part of that most of the time. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so they don't have to biopsy the liver no, to do no, it. No, 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 no. All right, no. all right. Listen, I'm not a man of, of science. Indeed not. I'm a man of pornography. No. <laughs> Indeed so. <laughs> um, but... You, know, you should be evaluated to try to figure out what this is. I mean, the, the next thing that usually I would do if I have n no clue what the potential causes are, no, no alcohol exposure, no infectious disease is evident, is get an ultrasound of the liver to see anatomically what's going on. And there are other things. I mean, it's so many different things. It can be biliary disease, gallbladder disease. All I mean, right. So I mean, get back are, in. Are you overweight? Yeah. Okay. It can be fatty liver just from being excessively overweight. That they actually get a fatty metamorphosis of the liver, and that's very common from people who are Like a goose? Yeah, I guess that's a, probably what happens to a goose, but it's, it's when you're 100 pounds overweight or so that you're likely to get that. Are you quite a bit overweight, Eric? 
Uh, no. No. Not that much of a weight. All right. But you may want to lose some weight. Yeah, we're trying that. You need to finish yeah. the workup here. There's a lot of different potential explanations for this. Okay? All right. Yeah. All right. Good luck with the uh, pate. No. Mark. Hey. Hey, uh, you're 19. You got a question for the band? Yes, I do. I've been a huge fan of you guys since Ruby Broom came out. And oh, I was cool. just wondering, what was the motivation behind True Dreams of Wichita? Was it something that happened to you, or was it a literal reference? Oh, yeah, I got, I got dumped. I got hardcore, oh. mad, serious, crazy dumped um, by somebody... That it left me for actually my drummer at the oh. time. No disrespect, you all. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it wasn't wasn't out. You've all goodbye. Oh, sorry. You've all goodbye's got respect. That's right. Um, but no, they uh, they they uh, she left me and they went on this cross country bus trip and they went to uh, they went to to Kansas and uh, there were there just all these very specific references to the, the kind of stuff that we would say to each other. Were you just blindsided by it? Oh I'm, my god, yeah. You didn't see it coming it's at like, all. It's like where, where's where's Patty at? I haven't heard from her in a while. Then I get they actually they called me from Graceland. Ooh. Yeah. Really? I'll tell you they, what. They called the the hi um well, here we are. We're in Graceland. They didn't really say like gee, I've left you and here we are in Graceland. Were they but, cool uh, nuts? Um, no, I mean, I mean, we were like 19 at the time, ah. or whatever. Yeah, but if you're going to get dumped, we're better than the home of the king. Yeah, ex- see, there you go. That's my thoughts exactly. And the great thing is, is is people buy that record now, and I get to call her up because we're, we're friends now, and, hey, Patty, what's going on? People liking that song about you. I just uh, bought this great new suit recently. It's really, uh, it's really very expensive. Yeah, five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yuval is like the Israeli Shecky Green. <laughs> He's coming in with the one-liners. <laughs> the master. All right, Mark. Okay, thank you all. Thank you. Mike, 17. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Uh, first, I want to say I love your show. Thanks. All right, um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Mm. Um, I have problems when I have sex. I mean, not really a problem, but uh, it takes me a really long time to orgasm, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets, you know, on my nerves sometimes. And I'm thinking maybe it, like, I'm wondering if it could be because I was on these medications. And uh, I was wondering if they could, like, have something to do with it. Were you, you were on them when you started having this trouble? Right. Are you off the medicines now? I take them every now and again, not what? as much as I used to. What's the medicine? What's the medicine? Yeah. Um... Well, there's a lot of different ones, um, Paxil, Lithium. Yes, ab- absolutely. All of those. Really? Absolutely. Particularly Paxil. Why don't the doctors tell you that when they're prescribing it? Yeah, I don't it? know. Well, uh, you do with Prozac these days because that's sort of the number one complaint. I'll probably the number one. Yeah, it's the number one complaint with that drug. Um, it's probably because you're, the people are so miserable and you're, you know, they're so unhappy. You're trying to make them better. You're not thinking right. about that. You're trying to right. Why kick them in the nuts? I mean, <laughs> well, they're already this close to going off the edge, and you're going to tell them uh, I mean, they're going to have trouble orgasming. But, but in depression, people have to keep in mind, is a potentially life-threatening problem. And you're really talking about life-shattering kinds of emotional experiences, potentially, for which you're reaching into the pharmacologic bag. Right. And, uh, I like to dip know. into that pharmacological bag every once in a while. <laughs> Hey Mike. Yeah. All right. So it's uh, it's it's a nasty side effect, but it sure uh, sure beats being nuts. Yeah. Right. All right. I have another question too. Are you bipolar? Is that the deal, Mike? Right. And well, so I was I was first diagnosed major depression, then manic depression, or bipolar, yeah. and also paranoid schizophrenia. But it's all in the past now. But all right, shoot your parents for us, Mike. No. <laughs> By the way, none of those are conditions that they're all chronic. They aren't. They aren't in the past. Oh. 
really. All right, but what? So what can he do? So this is a, a serious chronic condition. He, he's medicated heavily because of this condition. It doesn't have to be heavy; just even small doses of this stuff. All right, he's this. moderately medicated, but the point is, is he's having difficulty with the uh, with the orgasm. What can he do? Because he can't get off the meds. You gotta. I, for those people for whom that is an a overwhelming side effect, you start ch- looking for other medications with similar therapeutic action but different. Right. Sort of like w- when a woman is on birth control and right. it's affecting her adversely, right. she switches the um, right. like low overall and high overall right. and medium and all that. Yeah. All right. Mike, you had a second question? Yeah. Um, like if I start feeling depressed again, you know, and I feel I need to be back on these medications, is there any ones I can get on that? won't like reduce my sex driver yeah that's what we're saying i mean there are i i don't know what you have been on but uh it's you know paxil is a class of the serotonin reuptake inhibiting drugs and there are a couple new ones in that class now the serazone which is less likely to cause a sexual dysfunction i'm thinking about coming out with one later this month you absolutely categorically should not be messing around with your medications this way particularly you have if you have bipolar or manic depression your chemistry is very delicate. That's what you've inherited. That's the nature of the biology of your brain. And if you're messing around with your meds going on and off, you're going to end up in big trouble. Get, find a psychiatrist whom you can work with, get on some stable medications, and stay with it. All right. And uh, when we come back, besides talking more to soul coughing, we will talk to uh, Sarah, whose boyfriend gets hot for her, but uh, the Jimmy just will not cooperate. I'll be right back after we kill the singer. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Thank you, Engineer Mike. Uh, Soul Coughing is here. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. You have it on Loveline, and we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. All right, uh, here with Dodie and Yuval from Soul Coughing. And uh, where's that uh, email? Listen, uh, well, Dr. Drew's making a phone call right now. So uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we play the Dr. Drew shuffle, Engineer Mike, or, or something to abuse Drew while he's off uh, taking care of other things. You have anything there, Engineer Mike? Pee on this stick. Makes me sick. Pee on this stick. Makes me sick. If I find you... Stealing my underwear again? Here's what's gonna happen. Asshole. Stuff like this. Stuff like this. Stuff like this. Makes me sick. You're fat. Asshole. You're fat. Can I say that? You're fat. Darn. You're overweight. I want to be dominated. You're gay. I want to be dominated. You're gay. When I was 19, I ate about four boiled peyote buttons and stayed up all night, but felt no effect. It's called intimacy. Can I say that? This is not acceptable. Can I say that? You're fat. Not acceptable. Pee on this stick. Not acceptable. Boiled peyote button, not acceptable. You're overweight, not acceptable. Can I say, Can that? I say, that? say that? Faggot better run. <laughs> That's my favorite, the faggot oh, better run. Oh, man. All right, and here's a piece of email on that matter. Uh, Dr. Drew seems to perform much better when he's rested. He ought to make more time for Loveline, quit some of his jobs or something. 
That's from uh, Salt. Well, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, yeah, totally. And uh, ironically, he's working on one of his other jobs right now. There while you he's go. Right. All right, uh, Dr. Joyce. All right, so let me give a few plugs out for the band here. Uh, here's some uh, upcoming uh, concert dates for the Soul Coughing. February 22nd, they will be, uh, that is a Saturday, they'll be in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. All right, yeah, you just repeat all of them. <laughs> February 27th. February 27th. Let, let, no, no, wait a minute. This is like uh, uh, Jesse Jackson. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'll just say that's right. Put amen. the bow tie on and just give me an amen. Go on. That's right. Go 20, on. Yes, Thursday, the 27th, Richmond, Virginia. All right. Richmond. March, 20, March 5th. That's Wednesday. They'll be in New York. All right, Wednesday. New York. All right. New yeah. York. March the 6th. That's a Thursday. They'll be in Washington, D.C. Uh, yeah. yeah. Amen. All right. Go. All right. You guys are wider than uh, albinos. <laughs> All right. Uh, Drew, we ready to move forward here? Oh, All right. Phone number. about Let's nipples. 1-800-LOVE-191 is the phone number, and we're talking to Sarah 16. Sarah. Hi. Hey. Hi. Um, okay. I have a question. Okay. Okay. Me and my boyfriend will, like, be making out, and then, um, like, he'll, like, get so hard, and then, like, when we're about to do it, he'll just, like, drop dead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I have no idea. I do not know why he is doing that. It's like he, he did that for like he did that like five times already. Are you guys ever able to actually have relations? Um, have yeah, sex? but it's like it like sucks, you know. Why? Because it's like kind of soft, and it's like you know it's supposed to be hard. How long has that been happening for for him? Well, for like it happened like five different times. Was he has he ever been able to have sex with you where this doesn't happen? No, not yet. Never. Is are you his first uh, sexual partner? Second. Second. What happened the first one? Anything? Um, Any it was just like a five-second thing. Okay, so really, you're the first one that he's really been involved with. Well, yeah, but it's like weird because he said that he could just think of me and like really get excited. Yeah, Sarah, it's real common for guys, young guys, no. to experience this. I mean, it's pretty routine. In fact, it, it's a little more intractable in his case. It usually. I think I think I read somewhere that most guys experience sexual dysfunction of some type their first sexual encounter. And it is a cruel, cruel irony of adolescence that the guy gets a major league wood in the gym class when it's time to climb the rope, and he's wearing a pair of boxers and some gym trunks, and there's uh, you know 17 guys standing around. Yet he has dysfunction when he's with you. Then again, perhaps he just likes you for your money. And but but now what's happening is he's probably so anxious that it's going to happen again that he has performance anxiety and his fear of it potentially happening makes it happen. Well, right. How can we make it better? Be very kind and very understanding, and be less focused on whether or not he's having an erection, and enjoy yourself together, feeling each other, and enjoying uh, intimacy without. All right, Leo uh, Buscali over <laughs> here, please. You want a hug? <laughs> Listen, okay, you let, hold on, Wait, Sarah. She was satisfied with that. She has another question. Listen, she wasn't. She was rolling her eyes the entire time, playing with her hair. Sarah, uh-huh. do you guys do anything else other than uh, the straight intercourse, yeah. or you yeah. do? How's he function during those other? Um... Like I said, he gets really hard. Uh huh. Yeah, and but then when we're about to do it, it's like. Um, uh huh. Hello. Is he wearing a condom? Yeah. He is. Sometimes. Sometimes. One time he wasn't, and it was the same thing. All right, uh, good. How do you feel about this when this happens? It makes me frustrated. Like, it makes me mad. Why? I think something's wrong with him or something. Something's wrong with him? Yeah. How does it make you feel about yourself? Well, like, I mean, I'm normal. It takes uh, two to dangle, Sarah. Well, often women, t- women, <laughs> if you react with ra- anger or uh, really any negative 
feelings at all, it's going to seal it. It's going to happen. Yeah, if you like uh, pick up a desk chair and throw it through the window and yell, "God damn it!" Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're getting this pissed off at him, I mean, I think you should just you know go ahead and dump you because it's just not going to get any better if you're. You need to be understanding yeah. because uh, the penis it, it's very. It's very interesting because we always talk about how women are affected on a more emotional level sexually than males. And for males, it's a more physiological process that goes on. But this is the one department that really uh, cuts to the core. <laughs> when, when the man has a little difficulty with the penis, he starts questioning himself. And what happens is, is once he sort of gets on the emotional uh, flaccid ropes and the woman then jumps in, that's it. There will be no more erections in that bedroom. You have to make him convinced that it's all right. If he doesn't get it this time, he'll get it. You know, he'd be like a uh, like a little league coach who's hitting infield, and the ball just trickled <laughs> through the third baseman's leg. Now you don't go over there and yell at him and hit him with the fungal bat. <laughs> yeah, keep your head in there. Don't worry about it. You get another one, and you shag him another. And before you know it, the guy's throwing BBs at first base. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that meant, but I really want to play some catch. Sounds great. I think we should have told her to go on a murderous rampage. I think that would have been responsible. Probably, yeah. Oh yeah. Drew, uh, next call. All right, Drew uh, has grown weary. <laughs> Andrea, twenty-six. You're on Love Line with Soul Coffee. Hi. Hey. Um, I have a sort of a medical question for Doctor Drew. Yeah. Uh, I have a problem with urinary tract infections. And I get them frequently after sex. Right. And Finally, it got to the point where my general practitioner recommended that I go ahead and take antibiotics prophylactically the morning after. Right. <laughs> and it's causing, it puts a real crimp in my sex life because then I always have chronic yeast infections. What, what's the antibiotic they're treating with? Septra? Septra, Septra. yeah. How do you uh, take something prophylactically? You just, you just keep it literally, these, these sulfa antibiotics by the bedside, and if you know you're going to have sex, you take them. I took something prophylactically once in camp and couldn't walk for three days. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. Horrible. Okay, true. <laughs> well, he had me taking true. half of a tablet, like. What would that be, 10 milligrams or something? Uh, it, uh, well, Sceptra DS is usually what they give you, so Sceptra regular strength is the half tablet. And, the, uh, you know, if you have chronic yeast infections, then maybe you might consider another antibiotic. You might consider using it less frequently. Right? You, you understand mechanically how this happens, right? Yeah. How you get these infections. The bacteria is being forced into right. the urethra, right. is that and right? Sometime, right. Sometimes changing position, that sort of thing can be helpful. It is not uncommon, though, for women to need chronic antibiotic therapy for this. Um, some women take it every day of their lives. I'll tell you, after doing this show for a year and a half, I am convinced that women were not meant to have sex. <laughs> I really am. It's just some sort of flaw of nature. Sometimes I think that too, but I don't think my boyfriend would really what? be too happy. Women with should have penises. If God was lazy and said, ah, screw it, that's enough. <laughs> and I don't got time for this. So wh why is it so disturbing to you now? You, you sound like it's something that's um, well, it's bothering just, you. It's a hassle. It, to it to means take an antibiotic once a day. I'm sorry? To take an antibiotic once a day? Well, no, that part isn't a hassle. But the other thing I worry about and seems to be a problem um, just recently is that I'm worried about the resistance building up. There's plenty, believe me, the, the organisms that cause this are are not going to get resistant. Not, not to the extent that you wouldn't have other antibiotics to choose from. So you think I should try to get a different antibiotic? Are you getting resistance? I, well, it feels like it, actually. Uh, I... You, why don't you see a urologist about it, or a gynecologist, one or the other, not, not just work with a generalist and see if there are any other suggestions that they have for you? Because there are other things that can be done for this sort of thing. And also, to get, did you get worked up to make sure it's not chlamydia or something else? Yeah, all yeah. the time. Okay. Um, 
there are other, there are other things to be done, but realize it is not that uncommon for women to need lots of ongoing antibiotic therapy for this sort of problem. Well, as far as I'm all right, I've had enough of Andrea and her uh, coups. Quite honestly, <laughs> I, you you told her 150 things to do. Yes, yeah. Uh, really, anything short of uh, throwing her up on the stirrups, Drew. I think you've done your part. Okay, you've uh, all. Yeah. Do they have shows like this in Israel? I don't think so. The rabbinical division wouldn't allow that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't been in Israel. I, well, I visit there once a year, but I haven't been living there for like 13, 14 years. So I'm not like, you know, ask me something about New York and I'll tell you. Uh, well, I know. I think we're on in New York, so yeah. I think they'll allow a show like this yeah. in New York. But yeah. uh, what kind of music do they play in Israel? They play like a lot of Western uh, culture stuff? Uh, it's very open-minded, actually, with the music. You can hear, like, radio shows that have, like, R&B and country western and uh, Middle Eastern music and rock music and uh, anything that doesn't resemble what we do, they play. Right. That's it. That's uh, you know, I'm so convinced that other cultures hate their culture so much that they have to... They have to. It's really great, actually, because as... Uh, as United States citizens, we've learned to hate our own culture because we really don't have a culture. And we always talk about how great everyone else's culture is. And then you go to Japan and they want to pay, a, you know, a 7 million yen for a pair of old denim jeans because they love the culture. We have culture here. Come on, man. Like, yeah. what about the Mexican culture? That's ours, man. It is? Oh, yeah. Especially in California. Well, that's true. Yes, People you have no Mexican choice. culture is their own. No, that's yeah, true. Well, you can get you can get food. And, you know, you got the man, you got the Taco Bell, and <laughs> you're, okay. I mean, your Europeans though treat um, treat American culture the way white Americans treat Black American culture. They consume it voraciously, but they really just despise it and despise the people. They it's love really it. Bizarre. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that's kind yeah. of an I interesting. To like it again. That's an interesting analogy yeah. because as Americans, we do do that, or at least uh, the Anglo ones. I mean, uh, you know, we 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 take up all the Black culture, music, and uh, the athletes and whatever's going on but then we you know they're second class citizens exactly, to a lot of yeah, people yeah very interesting all right so you're saying if i went to france if you went to well i know i i the the one cool thing i know is uh, uh well i don't know cool but they actually they bombed a pizza hut in copenhagen oh really this pizza hut in some historic district in copenhagen that was repeatedly firebombed Right, just, just as kind of an anti-American culture thing. I mean, it's it's totally serious, you know. Right. How other cultures are completely getting wiped out by this, you know, American monolith of corporate, you know, crap. Drew but, and I were going to go bomb a Popeyes later. You? If you want to come with I'm, us, I am down with you. Okay, my brother. All right, keeping with the theme. Sh Kelly, twenty-one. You're on Love Line. Hi guys. Hey. Well, this is my problem. Um, my mom's out of town, and I'm guess I'm supposed to be looking over my sixteen-year-old brother. And I found a bag of pot in his room today, and I feel really obligated to tell my mom, being like I'm supposed to be watching him and stuff, then that's, but that's my mom is really strict, and I think she would like just totally think he was a druggie and you know send him somewhere uh, how did you you found you're just uh you just got out a kitchen knife or we're going through his box <laughs> spring and uh they're no. they're right in front of god and everyone was the uh, no. was the I lid went his, i went in his room to get a cd and i opened his cd case and it was just sitting in there uh-huh i really wasn't snooping <laughs> okay um, is there alcoholism in your family anywhere what's that is there alcoholism in your family anywhere um, well, my brother and I are both adopted, if you're talking about genetically. Okay, so uh, uh, being adopted is considered a potential positive, uh, usually positive, let's put it that uh -huh. way. Because um, more alcoholics give up their children for adoption? 
addicts tend to be having kids that they don't want. And right. Um, this summer, yeah. he did um, almost die of alcohol poisoning, though. All right. So, Kelly, he does need to go. He does need treatment. He's in big trouble. Yeah, uh, so? Oh, yes. And you you need to uh, give your mom an opportunity to be the parent here and get him some help if it's possible. Here's what I would do, quite honestly, because you don't want to um, make a lot of bad blood with the brother. Right. I would go ahead and tip your mom off and let her go in and stumble across it, and that way uh, she can play the heavy. And I, I'm not into ratting people out, but if the guy almost died of alcohol poisoning yeah. over the summer, yeah. he may have a problem. You're into, you're into a thing now where anything that you do that allows him to con- continue using is in enabling his using and, and causing this to progress. No, wait a second, wait a second. W- what was the situation in which he got alcohol poisoning? He was he was out getting drunk and he drank too much. Or well, he said it was the first time he ever drank and he drank a bottle of like Jack Daniels and then, like his friends' parents call me at work and they're like, "Your brother's passed out on the lawn and stuff." And my parents are so strict and they were like, "What? My son did that, you know?" And then he had to be in the emergency room for the night and the doctor said, "You know, he should be tested to see if he's chemically dependent and stuff." And my parents were like, "No, this is the first time he's ever did this." Right. And well, see that that actually sounds kind of feasible to me. That, it does. You know, I, because I, when I was like in 7th grade and, you know, right, starting to yeah. drink, I did kind of the same I thing. I did the same thing. Uh, I'm sure you've know, all you put away right. too much Manischewitz <laughs> at one time or another. Had a little difficulty it yourself. Definitely is an addict. I cannot say that for sure, but it's highly suspect situation and uh for a little pot? You really you really it's want to bring up the mortal danger issue for a little bit of pot? That's exactly what I was thinking. All right, hold on. Let's uh, let's uh, argue with Dodie for a second. I, I rarely defend Drew, but here's what I think Drew is saying. Drew is suspects that he has the uh, genetic right. predisposition to have a substance abuse problem. And uh, he's basing it on, I guess, the adoption, maybe the alcohol poisoning incident, and, and now the marijuana all at the uh, tender age of 16. And listen, three-quarters of the kids 16 in this country smoke smoke yeah, grass, right. and I'm not anyone who says, uh, you know, call out the narcs. But in this kid's case, I mean, let's just say they forgot about it, and the kid got into something else and OD'd uh, six months down the road, then Kelly would feel like hell. That's all, yeah, yeah, that's uh-huh. it. I'm just thinking of the parents' opportunity to parent. He tells me his friends do, like, cocaine and acid and stuff, and he tells me he doesn't do that, though. Right. But, see, that's why we have a really open relationship, and I don't want to cut it off by... But if, if he's an addict, addicts lie, and even though the relationship seems open, you cannot trust what he is or is not doing. Yeah, but... but um, if he I, is. I, I'm, I'm, I just want to bring up the fact that you just found a little yeah, pot. Yeah, if he is, And, right. you know, the it's the if he's an addict that just seems a little bit on the severe side to me. Yes, if if he's not an addict, yes. Then, if he's then, not an addict, then yes, forget it. I totally agree with you. Right. But we're, we're just we're just going with the probabilities and the, the seriousness of the fact, the potential there. I mean, if you don't react strongly now and he he is an addict in evolution, you can really miss an opportunity. All right. So you this is uh, there's later. a little window open here, and even if it's only a ten percent chance, you might as well give it a try. Since uh, we're not the ones being busted. Josh, 15. Uh, yeah. Hi, Adam. Smoke a lot of hooch, do you, Doty? <laughs> oh, me, never. Okay. No, sir. He's got the pot laughed. You hooch, hooch incidentally, is slang for liquor. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. That's right. But in this case, we're learning an exception. <laughs> our, our vocabulary is expanding. We learned about a clap last night. <laughs> right. Well, no, hooch, clap, yeah. during prohibition, that they used a hooch. Hooch, yeah. Right. Hooch. Josh. Yeah. 15. Hey, Adam. Hey, Dr. Hey. Drew. Josh. Um, so coffee, I think you guys are great. Oh, um, my problem is, um, well, started off this way, um, about for the past few months, like my family and I have been like, like butting heads with each other and that whole thing. 
And I think it was it was mainly because like I felt like they didn't understand me or like things that I said weren't getting listened to. And um, it got to the point where my mom called the counselor at my school. And so I've been seeing the counselor like every week, like every Monday. And um, it's been really good, but I didn't really feel it was going anywhere. And like recently, like I'm bisexual, and I came out to my parents. No. Oh. And but I mean they were really cool about it. And that, I mean I think that was the reason that there was so much hostility. I think I was like becoming inward, and like I wouldn't talk to them because I. That's I you're, like, you're 15. <laughs> I mean, how the hell? Did I, I really I didn't uh, declare sexual major until I was 22. Well, I, I I didn't. I, how I wasn't getting any at 15. How would I? How even do you if you even were, know? you wouldn't know what the hell you were. No, I mean, I'm I'm still a virgin, but I consider myself bisexual because right. I'm attracted. Well, hold on. I'm bisexual, too, then, because uh, well, I mean, Dodie's giving me the eye. Because, I mean, I feel the same way about both both sides, but that's not based. But what I'm trying to say is, like, my parents were being really cool about it, and that tripped me out because I think part of the problem was me, like, not, like, Understanding that they would like not turn me away because I mean they so were. You were thinking different. they would reject you for this. Yeah, I think you set them up wanting, uh, wanting a little. Uh, listen, I, I I I know this sounds bizarre, but any fifteen-year-old that comes out to their parents about his uh, bisexuality when he's a virgin is really looking to stir up the kettle a little with the folks. I think no. you're kind of asking for a fight. No, but I mean, my parents you don't think really you were them. testing them a little bit? No, because I mean, why'd no. you tell them? Because I've I finally realized, like after talking to the counselor, like like that I could talk to my parents because they they've always been like really open with me and stuff, and they're really liberal. But I mean, they still have rules and regulations and everything. But um, all right. Well, now, what's what's your question? Now um, the counselor like she called me back today, and my mo- she called my mom this morning, and she told my mom told her about what I had like what we had talked about, and so she called me out of class today. And she didn't do it over the PA, did she? Huh? No. <laughs> no. Uh, that, that really could have been embarrassing. No, but um, she, um, she like, suggested that I see her outside of her office because she thinks that there's, like, more underlying. That and, sounds like, appropriate. Yeah. All right. That and sounds I good. And I don't know what I should do. D- take the therapist's Go ahead. opinion. Do it. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I, don't, I really don't feel like I need it. Josh. No, it couldn't hurt. No, no. You, Adam. I mean, Let's I not be like, insulting. Adam. Like, it couldn't hurt. Adam. Like, what? Like, you need it. Like yes. it would be like added stress, you know? No, 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 no. It's to help you, Josh. And, and I know, but I mean, because I think a lot of the hostility was lost when after I talked to my parents. No. And no, just just the the very. It's like, it's like taking an extra tablet of vitamin C and going. Yeah, I wonder if I'm taking too much or it's hurting. It's just just take the damn and, pill. And the, the fact it, that the fact that worse uh, you're going to get a little diarrhea. It, it's so threatening to you, even is uh, saying something too. The, the idea of therapy is threatened, threatens him. Oh, you got some vibes off of Josh, did you not? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Scandinavian Drew over there. All right. Uh, we got to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to hear something off of uh, Irresistible Bliss. Soul we're going to rock uh, about nipples. CDs. Yeah, we're going to rock on on the nipples, and we're going to hear uh, the Idiot Kings all after this. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really? Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed sensitive areas. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. 
Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three steps. Go to TrueCar.com, find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for, then register at TrueCar.com to see the upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. All right, Drew, um, go number two. We're going to hear a little something uh, from uh, Soul Coughing. All right, number one. Sorry. Uh, lift the seat this time, for crap's sake. What did you, Drew? Drew didn't. Uh, <laughs> tell Drew, me. Tell me. I'll about tell you what happened. Tell me Drew used the uh, woman's bathroom here because uh, uh, there's there's a men's bathroom. <laughs> oh, now he's coming. All right, now he's mad. Come yeah, on, got Drew. Another mic over here. Just go to the bathroom, would you? Uh, bring the mic into the head with you, would you? <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me tell you what happened. I'm going to stand here and monitor what you're doing. I'm in the other room just for people who can't see what we're doing here. All right. Uh, you really ought to just start phoning in the show, Drew. There's no reason for you to haul your ass all the way out here. All right, just valuable time away from the kids. Yeah. In wife, which is uh, time well spent. All right, here's what's going on. Basically, Drew, we're, we're talking about a sprinkle problem. Drew had to use the uh, commode. And uh, the uh, men's room was occupied. And uh, like we do here on Love Line, things are pretty casual. We, Drew wandered into the woman's room and uh, ripped the tampon dispenser off the wall, bashed it on the ground, and got uh, buck seventy-five worth of quarters out of it. But that's another story. That Man. is another story. He went in there and he used the bathroom. Now, let me tell you something about doctors in general. The same instinct that tells you to, it tells them to um, tells you to get in your underwear, hop up on the table, and then they leave the room and come back three days later. It's the same sort of prima donna attitude that makes them think they don't have to lift the toilet seat when they're going number one. That's Drew. Oh, when Drew's at home, he's followed around. You know, as a woman with a uh, with a with a mop and gloves, it actually follows him around and just Is cleans up his fact? urine. Yes, one uh, one urine nanny. Wow. So what Drew did is he tinkled, and uh, he didn't bother to put the seat up. And then I walked in there, and I noticed uh, that there was some tinkle on there. And I, I did a quick culture and ran it through the lab and realized <laughs> it was uh, Drew's name came up on the computer. Enzyme test and everything. And I came yeah. back and it spoke about it on the air, and Drew got very bent out of shape. <laughs> he really did. What were you doing in the ladies' room? Well, again, the uh, I like the ladies' room, it's by the way. casual environment. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I get in touch with my feminine side. Yes, sir. And uh, plus, they do sit down. When they go, and oftentimes there's more change I've around the that. toilet. But uh, Drew didn't want me to give up the fact that he used the bathroom. I, I'm not sure why, why he was so upset about it, but he didn't like the fact that I was talking about uh, him tinkling on the seat. Right. No. So he is a medical doctor. Yes, and he doesn't want to jeopardize his integrity by uh, people thinking that he evacuates his bowels yeah, every yes, once sir. in a while. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we are going to play something off of uh, Irresistible Bliss. The name of the song is The Idiot Kings, and it goes a little something like this. Damn.
Vikings from Soul Coughing off of Irresistible Bliss. Yes, a song about nipples. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a fact. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, just, I'm just all about nipples tonight. I don't know why. We were uh, talking during the commercial about uh, urination in general and about <laughs> urinating all over this great uh, world of ours. Not only the United States, but uh, <laughs> I have no real experience traveling abroad outside of the United States, except for uh, the continental United States, where I've been to Hawaii, which, of course, uh, says mahalo on the backside of the toilet seat. But... Of course, Soul Coughing, being a big-time international-type band, has yes. had the opportunity to urinate in some of the uh, the, the globe's most uh, really, prestigious countries. the most exotic locations mm. just that we exude glamour. It's right. It's true. It's true. You've, uh, you've spread your fecal matter all over this globe. Yeah, and really, um, when, it, when, you, when you come down to it, um, being in a touring rock band is all about poo. It's all about finding a place to poo. It's all about, you know, because you're on a bus, you can't actually poo on the bus to right. get to the club. And we were actually discussing the going to the ladies' room thing because they are generally cleaner. Yes. Well, they have regard for the sanctity of the seat. Exactly, yeah. As a man, that is just a barrier between you and the bowl. Yeah, As yeah, a woman, yeah. it's your last uh, chance. You I mean, it's the only thing it. you've yeah. got. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Well, we're talking about how, how much cleaner the bathrooms in Europe or Japan, for that matter, are. Compared to U.S. bathrooms, because you go into a rock club here, and it's like a disaster. You know, Animal. it's like, yes, it's like yo, guys, take oh, it easy there. You know? People get drunk and they actually go out of their way people to urinate get, on inanimate objects. Yeah, yeah. But people get drunk in Europe and everywhere else. They get just as drunk, if not drunker. Yeah, now what is that, what Drew? Is that and that? I think you could judge the culture by the cleanliness of the bathroom. I think yeah, it, you're a doctor. I think it's uh, symptomatic of the violence in this culture. It's a very mm. violent culture, and people oh. do not, are not taught to deal with their aggressions properly. In fact, I was talking to somebody who works in a pediatrician's office the other day, and she was saying how, just talking to parents, she was hearing them, virtually all of them say, oh, yeah, if Johnny uh, has a hassle with one of his friends, I tell him to beat him up. Uh, right. <laughs> they're they're taught to contain their aggression. They're taught to was act that, it did out. Did you say you talked to a pediatrician? Pediatrician. Oh, okay. Pediatrician. That, <laughs> stunning pun. <laughs> 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 Adam, I have your new replacement, right? Hey, I'm working on it. I'll tell you, if this show ever goes, uh, if it ever goes to Israel, <laughs> you all will be sitting in. Uh, but uh, I... I I really think that it is a uh, it's it's the yardstick in which you measure the culture, and it is something called respect. Mm -hmm. And here's the situation. Mm -hmm. yes, ah, sir. here's what I'm stumbling onto, and what I have a real problem with in this culture is we have this culture. We talk about it all the time with the advertising, like these Reebok commercials, which is it's your planet, it's your world, right, man. Right. And if it's your world, then why not just take a dump in the sink? <laughs> That is really what we're saying. And here's the situation. Because man, I, was, I once was blind, but now I see. <laughs> Did that clear things up Man, oh, man. Why don't oh. you name the next CD, If It's Your World, Why Don't You Take a Dump in the Sink? I'll tell you why. Because it's not your world. Yeah, it's not story. your effing bathroom. It's the guy who owns the venue. Then there's a janitor that has to come in, not to mention another 4,000 people that have to come in and use the facility as and well. So people yeah. have no self-worth, no self-respect, so you can't offer that to other people. They have no dignity. Yeah. Dignity. They have uh, no sanctity for uh, the, uh, the uh, human uh, mm -hmm. movement condition. <laughs> or the condition movement, as it were, and uh, they don't. It, it's it boils down to respect. That's yeah, all this. That's good. I all worked right. at this uh, this rock club, and uh, I was the guy who cleaned up the dressing room. And there was this band that had this phenomenal epic song about the environment. 
Um, and they just, you know, spent five minutes before I'm going, yeah, save the earth and this and that, save the earth, save the earth. And, you know, I go upstairs and their dressing room is trashed. I mean, just insane trashed, like scary trashed. What is it, Midnight Oil? Oh, yes, it was Midnight. It's the, the bald guy band. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people have... Uh, it, it, one one time, I was just thinking of this story, and then uh, I did not work at a club, but before we go to break, I want to say it. Uh, I worked as a uh, carpenter for many a year, and uh, I went to a guy's house. This guy starred in the uh, series uh, Stingray. He was an actor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's good because it's a, it's a, it's a police drama about a car. Yeah, you know, listen, uh, what does the car talk? Uh, no, but come on. This is, uh, it's got an airbag, though. Here's the situation. Uh, now they're coming out with this show, uh, Viper, which has been out for a while. Listen, Hollywood, hold on. Uh, attention, Tardos in Hollywood. Stop making stories about cars. No one gives a rat's ass about a car. There's no, there's no crime-solving thing inherent in automobiles. Sure, it drives the cop to the scene. That's as far as it goes. I think. I can't believe cool. it is 1997. And we're still advertising uh, PI dramas that have to do with cars. There was, uh, there was, of course, a Kit from Knight Rider, and yes, then there sir. was Stingray, and now there's, uh, now there's. Uh, the uh, what what did I say it was Viper. Viper. Oh, for Christ's sake! But the point is this: this guy was telling me about I was going to build a cabinet at his house, and he said, "Okay, man, uh, but I don't want it made out of any kind of plywood." And I said, "Listen, here, let me explain to you. You're asking for a cabinet that's thirty inches deep. I can't make that out of solid oak. What you do is you make it out of oak veneered ply, and you put a you put a solid oak bullnose on it, and that's how every cabinet in the world is made." And he goes, "You don't understand, man." plywood has a certain vibration about it and i said well you know listen if you're going to be putting your tv set in here i promise acoustically no 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 man everything has a vibration and plywood has a real bad vibe and i was like listen if you want to make this out of solid oak i'm gonna have to go cut a freaking tree down it's gonna cost you 15 grand well, I don't like the vibe off the oak. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the comedy. The guy's chain-smoking. <laughs> All right, listen, you screwed-up actor. Stop doing the blow and put down the cigarettes and then worry about the effing vibe of the plywood. Oh, my God, everybody. Everyone is so distracted these days and so into their own crap. They're all experts. This guy's uh, practicing a Tai Chi and uh, chain-smoking at the same time. Wow. All right, uh, we'll be back. Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Loveline will be right back. Hi, everybody. It's Kathy Lee Gifford. And this week on Kathy Lee and Company, two of the funniest people literally on the planet. First, it's the sharp-witted Dennis Miller. And then a man whose comic art form specializes in creating some of the most uncomfortably compelling characters we've ever seen, including his latest Netflix hero, Derek, whom I just love. And I'm crazy about the one and only Ricky Gervais at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastOne.com. Uh, a little Herb Alpert for you. All right. Now, forget about the phone number. 
Forget about the fax number. The show is the Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. We have Dodie and Yuval from Soul Coughing. And the name of the CD, Irresistible Bliss. Bliss. Irresistible Bliss. Yes, sir. Yes. That's the name of the compact disc. Right. We urge you to buy it. I absolutely. And Drew uh, gives it his full uh, rock and roll. Uh, Two thumbs up. Yeah, I'm psyched. What is the prescription for rock and roll, Drew? <laughs> Soul coffee. <laughs> oh, man. Now that's an answer. Somebody please be taping this. That's an answer. <laughs> that's huge, fellas. He's a medical doctor as put, well. Put that on the liner of the next CD. All right. Uh, Scary Gary, 33. How you doing? Hey. Hey, uh... This is just an amazing coincidence. I just came back from having a couple of beers. Never turned on your show before. Was listening for about 30 seconds before uh, the guy that was looking for a gothic girlfriend uh, called in. Right. And you guys didn't really have uh, anywhere to point him, but uh, the irony is, or the paradox, wh- whatever it is. <laughs> it's right. a conundrum inside of yeah, enigma. Yeah. Enigma, uh, whatever synonym you want to attach to it is, that um, I run an introduction service for people that are into the gothic and industrial scene. You run, you run a goth dating service? Well, it started out as that as oh, just a phone service. But, What's an industrial uh, scene? What's that? Uh, right. By uh, magnitudes since then. Um, I run uh, free registries for gothic bands, uh, radio shows, um, events, uh, businesses. Is uh, so? Who's gothic? Like Marilyn Manson? Um, no. Yeah. No. Yes. I don't is, think so. Well, well, who is? Who I is? Think a lot of people would disagree with you. That's KMF. Uh, I don't. I don't really. Uh, Cocktail twins and stuff. Tend like that. to care one way or the other. Really? Yo, know, used, used to be big time. Like girls from Connecticut wearing lots of black to, oh. to hide their weight problem. Kind of, kind of rock music. Yeah. Oh, okay. So is is mummy rock the same as the gothic scene? Mummy rock. Mummy rock. I've dubbed uh, the uh, like um, Nine Inch Nails and uh, Marilyn Manson. Mummy rock. No, Mummy no rock. Nine Inch Nails yeah. would be probably uh, looped more into industrial than than gothic. All right. But anyway, people that are into the gothic scene appreciate uh, both genres, and there's also. Um, a lesser-known um, genre called dark wave too, which is like dark ambient. Uh, it's more atmospheric. Now, are these? Is this a pretty morbid scene? Yeah, I'd say most people that are in the gothic scene read a lot of Anne Rice and Poppy Bright and Poe and Baudelaire and French decadence. Look, man, this is all well and good, but what can you tell us about nipples? <laughs> about nipples. Mine are too small to be pierced, otherwise oh, they would dear. be. Let me ask I have you. the world's smallest nipples. Gary, let me ask you. Are most of these people sort of, uh, are they obsessed with their own immortality? I mean, are they, are they thinking about death all the time? Um, yeah, it's like a, a, a morbid preoccupation, I guess. Um, you know, it's like uh, you've heard the term dark at heart. Yes. People just kind of gravitate towards things right. the, uh, of a darker nature, and it's just oh, sort of innate. Call it reaction uh, formation. I call that the thing they hate and scares them the most. They they perform uh, for, develop an affection for. Isn't it? Well, uh, anyway, so I thought I would uh, tell you guys about my website because now it's, it's totally international. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Listen, I don't have time for this nonsense. Man. Plus, uh, I, 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 um, I frown upon the gothic scene. Well, let him, you know, let him put it out there. His website? I mean, that guy was looking for a way to 
We allowed to do that? No. Yeah, he's right. trying no, to spread love not. in the world, man. You stopped him. That's right. All right. Everyone, uh, uh, paint your fingernails black, uh, put on kabuki makeup, <laughs> and uh, uh, read uh, The uh, Raven. Oh, please. <laughs> Listen, uh, those of you who are that obsessed with killing yourself, just kill yourself. Never uh, more. Don't start a band. Just kill yourself. <laughs> Please. Life is for the living. See if you can Man, you just room. you just saved the generation of the future. I, I really did. Steve, 22, you're on Loveline. Hey, how you doing, Adam and Drew? Hey. Uh, listen, Drew, I have a quick question for you. Actually, it might be a little more complex than a quick one, but yeah. I'll try to make it as brief as I can. Um, I've had a friend for about three years now, and we've been going out for about two and a half, three months, and... Over the last year, she started using ecstasy, and uh, I think it's progressed more and more, and now it's basically every weekend. Mm. And uh, we're now finished, um, not because of my choice, but, um, you know, she really she cannot open up whatsoever, and she's like, she's really blocked me out and actually a lot of her friends out. And, Is she uh, using speed in, in between? Um, no, but, I mean, well... It really, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, she went out a couple of weeks ago. But X it, is it, real speed. Well, it matters because uh, I, I, I need to sort of assess whether we're dealing with addiction right. or just right. ecstasy abuse. Yeah, know? well, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure to tell you the truth. I mean, a few yeah. weeks ago, I know she did coke at the same time. She told me this yeah. last weekend she was out, and she did a cocoa puff, which I guess was explained to me as a, a joint with cocaine in right. it. Or, I mean, or ecstasy is such a dangerous drug used regularly. It is just so destructive. Right. But let seen, me ask you this, Drew. Yeah. X is real speedy. It is, a, it is amphetamine. All right. So couldn't one become addicted to X? Yes, but it's very rare. It, it, it affects people so powerfully. Most people can't use it regularly enough, and very quickly people get terribly paranoid, terribly disorganized, and uh, it, it's so, it's so um, disruptive to people's lives so quickly. I've only seen two cases of, of, of ecstasy addiction, and they were both so profoundly impaired biologically that they were not treatable. Yuval, any uh, ex uh, going around the Middle um, East? Um, yeah. In fact, as far as I know, you know, if you can go to any dance club around this world yeah. and probably find some ex, you know, is that some right? of I just some of it is worse than others. Some of it is pure, whatever you know the terminology for that stuff. Uh, huh. I think that. Uh, there's other ways to do things. I mean, you can have a drink or whatever. I mean, you can just get into the music, try and, like, forget about the X. I think it's a better idea. I just, I've been spending lots of time in London where it's, you know, completely de rigueur to be taking two or three of them on a weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they've got a really advanced dance culture just based around the taking of E. Huh. Yeah, um, she does, I mean, she'll go out and she'll do a, you know, every now and then a couple in a night. She goes to, like, the after-hour clubs, you know, from until about like 8 in the morning. It, it, yeah, it yeah. is going to mess her up in yeah. a big way. It's a damaging drug. We know that. Well, just the, the thing is, is, you know, basically like the Wednesday syndrome when, you know, after being high all weekend, suddenly on Wednesday you're incredibly bummed out. Well, right? that, absolutely. And, that, yeah. and those mood problems can persist yeah. forever, potentially. I mean, even after you yeah. stop using the ecstasy. Because I was going to say that, I mean, our relationship would be in the term where you know, she'd come over to my house three or four days, things would be great. And then, you know, the the weekend would come and she'd probably go out with other people or whatever. And, you know, it'd be like I'd be starting at the beginning of the relationship again, you know, trying to, you know, make things good and, and get things better and better. Well, you know? I mean, do you, would you attri- that's what I'm wondering. Would you attribute it to, to the use of that? Oh, absolutely. She, I suspect she's an addict. That's really what it sounds like. Right? <laughs> Is it addiction and evolution? After all, we've discussed her for 30 seconds. She must be. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, uh, Drew suspects everyone to be an addict. 
She could she could be a just ex abuser, and certainly she the 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 reason I suspect that is she's suffered losses at the hands of her relationship with substances. And most people, when they even threaten with a loss, will will pull back from the uh-huh. substance. And people that continue their relationship with the substance in spite of cumulative losses are usually addicted. I, I also have to, it should be noted publicly that ecstasy is not the brilliant sex drug it is made out to be. It is just it's not a particular. I mean, it's a very lovey thing, but it's just yeah, it's very not, like touchy feely. Yeah, you're not. I mean, like yeah. functionally speaking, you're not. It's not really that right. happening. Right. It's yeah. just touchy feely vibe, and maybe like uh, afterwards when it comes down, I mean, there is some kind of a depression because you're not so touchy feely anymore. It feels kind of like yeah, it's a like a loss uh, of it's something. like the ride home from Disneyland. Yeah, you're pretty yeah. bummed out. It, you know, it's exactly <laughs> like the ride home from Disneyland. <laughs> what a metaphor! And what uh, a man! If you live in Israel, you're really bummed. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like you know, it's a long ass drive. Two yeah. weeks, uh, <laughs> Sandra. No drugs. 21, you're on Love Line with Soul Coughing. Hi. Hey. Hello. Um, I wanted to say hi to Mr. Doty and Evolve. Hello. Hi, Sandra. And I saw you guys in November in San Francisco. Oh, wow. And it was really fun. It was really amazing. And I wanted to ask Doty if, like, I know you're the primary songwriter. Well, no, actually, I mean, we write all the music. I write the lyrics. We write yeah, the, the music lyrics, together. that's what I meant. I was just wondering if, like, the other guys had any input. Um, lyrics-wise? Well, we we sit in the same moving vehicle all day. So, I mean, I, I kind of rip off from whoever's speaking around me. So, yeah, I mean, in that, that regard, you know, stuff... And you're stuff always that, so modest about it, and, like, on TV or whatever. <laughs> let, me, let, me just, let me just take this moment and say, I am the greatest. There is none greater than I. Being humble is the best, best quality that this man have. Look at him, look at him. Yeah, if something happened to Dodie, uh, that would be it. It would be worse be than the, uh, the plane crash with uh, Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. American culture, boom, down the drain. Yes, it is uh, refreshing to see uh, people that are so talented, so humble. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about myself. Sandra? <laughs> so, um, you guys are great. Oh, thank Thanks you a lot. Much. Okay, bye. Bye. I like people that hang up on themselves. Jeez, uh, we, we don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Drew, anyone been on hold for a million years that we need to get to? No. No. All right. Screw all of you. There have been no questions about nipples. I There's promise you. Man, oh, uh, man, oh, man. I will. Uh, we agreed on the car on the way over that I would talk about the nipples. You all would get everything else. So. I will summon a nipple call when we come <laughs> back. The voices are trying to throw me off while they're... I'm trying to concentrate on this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Loveline will be right back. Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitzdog Radio, right here on Podcast One. Join me and my guests, people like Zach Galifianakis, John Hamm, Corolla, Hardwick, Rogan, everybody. Track my rage against middle age. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One. Oh, almost uh, threw away the cheat sheet. All right, we're out of time. Uh, Drew, quickly, what is the RX for rock and roll? 
Used to be soul coughing. <laughs> Moving and on we took the issue now. with addiction. No, it's soul coughing. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not trickster anymore. No, it's soul coughing. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> you guys have bumped out the trickster for the. Good uh, lord, them Excalibur and Metal Steel for the uh, prescription to rock and roll. All right, uh, Doty and Yuval, thank you very much for hey, coming a lot, out. Man. It was our pleasure. Irresistible Bliss, the name of the CD. It is real good. Please go out and get it. I know. I'm going to go out and get it in about 10 seconds. It better be free. <laughs> All right. So until next time, this is Sam Crowley for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are not necessarily. Limo service for Loveline guests provided by Fox Limousine. And it certainly wasn't for me. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. This concludes another podcast1.com program.